Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 134 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you. Guests on the show received gift cards to Jeff, uh, to Japanese... I was going to say to Jeff. Jeff, uh, who do we know out there? Well, name and Jeff that you know. Well, there's Jeff Rimmer, uh, who does the broadcast for the Columbus Blue Jackets. It's Ron Rimmer's uh, older brother. Uh, what other Jeffs do I know? Uh, Jeff Robillard from Horse Racing, Alberta. Great guy. Uh, guests on this show receive gift cards to Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Japanese Village, Edmonton South, downtown Northside, and Sherwood Park. Bob Stauffer with you, along with Brendan Escott. Oh, Brendan, are we ready to open up the phone lines on our River Creek Resort and Casino hotline? 780-496-0063. You ready to get after it? Let's do it. Let's do it. You can also text us on our Heartland Ford text line at 630-630. Aaron, you're dropping the puck with us on line number one, and what do you got? Hey there, how's it going? Good, how are you, Aaron? I'm pretty good. Uh, I was just wanted to touch on, uh, you were talking about the Oilers roster for next season yes. and which players will be returning. Yeah. So with Lucic, I don't know if I would say it should be a guarantee he comes back. I was looking, like, I don't know if you're familiar with Rob Bowman's work much. but uh, uh, I, I've seen it. He's very detailed, uh, yeah, certainly knows the stuff. Definitely yep. one of the best for, like, you know, for his analytics community. Yeah. And he kind of touches on in his book, Stat Shot, he kind of touches on how you compare the value to a player at their current bad contract compared to a player you can get for what their buyout would be. Uh-huh. And I'm just looking at Lucic's buyout if it were if it were to cost us that. And I feel like that could save us, like, it would it would save, basically get you a player around two-ish million dollars per season. And to me, that's a more useful player than Lucic has been this season. He's, he's ranked 294th out of forwards, which if you do the quick math, 12 on each team, it would be about 372 forwards in the league. So 294 out of like 300. Now, my understanding because of the bonus structure that Jerry Johansson set up for Milan Lucic and the one that was accepted by Peter Shirelli, and make no mistake, Peter definitely wanted Milan Lucic, okay? Oh, yeah. A lot of teams did. Uh, yes, they did. There was five or six that wanted him, including the Montreal Canadiens and the Dallas Stars. My understanding is that it's it's almost a buyout-proof contract for the first couple of years. Like I think, once he makes six million a year, I would. You know what? Let me just 
Uh, have you gone to cap? Yeah, have you done the run the numbers on cap friendly? Yeah, sport? kind. I kind of did. Uh, the first, I think, the first year it looks like you would basically have a like you'd save whatever it would be like three point seven million dollars on the cap, so it would be like a two point three million dollar ad, and then the following years would be like around like five hundred to nine hundred k you could spend on a player. Yeah, uh, okay. which isn't great, but honestly, I think with Bronziak coming off the books the following year, that's basically a two point two million dollar player. Yeah, you know, you, like so two point. All right, so be able yeah. to afford like a Derek Ryan. Like you're telling me, Brandon Tanev wouldn't sign for like two point five million. Winnipeg can't afford him at that. Well, Brandon Tanev is a player that I'd have interest in. Absolutely, right? and like no second Carrier, they're not great, but they're combined for like one point five. That's what the order. Hey, the orders just well. aren't going to have to be masters of those guys. They're going to have to be. Exactly. They're, they're going to have to pull out a couple guys, and I'm serious about this. And it. They're going to have to pull out better players out of the minors than the guys that they're, they're recalling right now. Just just looking at the contract contracts moving forward. So they're going to have to find a couple guys at seven hundred, eight hundred thousand bucks. Yep. Um, I'm going to give you a name right now, Daniel Carr with Vegas. Like Daniel Carr oh, is totally he's lighting it up right now. He's better than players that Edmonton has on their team right now. And Definitely. So. Isn't he in Vegas' system as well? Yeah, he's in Ve- yeah, he's in Vegas' system as well. So uh, Lucic on a theoretical buyout would be two point three million, and then the next year would be three hundred and seventy five thousand uh, mm-hmm. savings. So, okay, so the cap it would be three point six the first year, five point six the second, uh, four point one the third, and five point six. I mean, that's a lot to eat. That's it a- is a lot. I I don't know. I also just I I want to have faith in the player. I just don't see him coming back from this like every time he touches the puck it dies like he had a stretch of some okay games but he's still not putting up any numbers like it's amazing that he's the 14th or he's the seventh highest scoring forward on this team with 14 points that's crazy like he's a fourth line player on probably 25 teams in the league right now like on an everyday basis the drop off has been and again um hey i know that when the Oilers signed Lucic, it was generally speaking uh, universally approved by a lot of the media, except the ones that are heavy analytics-based type thinkers. And part of the rationale was these guys drop off as they get older in those roles. And that's... Yeah, you look in a the, real hurry. No, no, sure. Look, I, I, I get it. I heard it. Uh, you know, I, I just know that the, uh, the previous general manager wanted to put his stamp and his identity on the team. The perception was, again, when Peter came aboard, I believe the organization was fully on board. They're moving into a new building. They wanted the place to be a tough place to play. They wanted to build a bigger, heavier team, and they wanted to protect McDavid. Okay? Yeah. And what what ended up happening here is two years in, it became pretty apparent that the league was moving in another direction. Okay? And there was a push from some in the organization. I believe, hey, we need to get quicker and faster. And the moves this year kind of, you know what, the Spooner move for Strom, you could say, well, he tried to get quicker. Like, Spooner is a better skater than Strom. The problem is Strom had settled into his role. And yeah, you know, I, I actually I didn't even mind that trade too much when it happened because I thought did, you know, Spooner ended the season with the Rangers last season. I think he was almost point per game. He was, the but it did not work so out for Peter. It Schreiber. did not work out, and they could really use Strom. Sure. But anyways, like I was saying, I don't know. I'm from Winnipeg too. Be sweet if they could bring in Tanev, another cheap guy that they probably can't afford. I don't think Tanev's going to be. I'm going to tell you right now, Aaron. I think Tanev's going to get between. I'm I'm serious about the between two point two five and three million bucks. 
Yeah, that's why I think I'm not. Is he any like worse? A, like I, on a three-year deal, he could probably get around like two point five. Well, what's Cogliano making? Three million bucks a year, three point one million bucks. A year. To me, yeah. he's a bit like like he might be a better version of Cogliano because he's bigger and he's at this point, yeah, right. He's bigger, he's younger, and he he's certainly. I mean, he can fly. I love to Winnipeg. Hey, speaking of Winnipeg, what are they going? Are they going to get another piece down the middle? They got to get a better guy. Yeah. I think that they, I think, I don't know, I think they could be quiet on the Duchesne market right now. I think they're the underdog there. They're talking about Nashville a lot, and I think that Winnipeg could really come in because I, I, they definitely need a guy up the middle. They don't they don't need another winger. Like, I think Stone would be awesome there, but, like, he, they have, you know, Connor, Wheeler, Ehlers, and Line in the top six when they're healthy. Yeah, well, how about And then they have, you know. By the way, Milan Lucci, just, Aaron, you're going to love this stat because you brought up stats, and these are known as box score numbers. Yeah. Here's one for you. Patrick Liney, one goal total in January, February. Milan Lucic has four. <laughs> Crazy, eh? Take care, yeah. man. Right. Thanks, Aaron. 780-496-0063. Jerry on line three. Jerry, how you doing? Good, Bob. Haven't seen you for a few years since over at Northland. But I right. actually say hello. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I remember. All right. What's going on? You wanted to comment on Zach Gaskin? Uh, okay. One quick comment here. Uh, well, maybe a couple of fast ones because you had to line up. But anyway, uh, when you're talking to John about what oiler forward you keep beside the obvious ones yeah. and, uh, and that, you know, your rival on the the team over there, they got guys figure no they're not, in too just, much. Just for the Don't record just for the, just for the record, <laughs> they're not rivals. We all work in the radio business. Oh I know. I mean, we're not know, rivals. <laughs> we get along, we drink together once in a while. It's not Oh, I don't mean rival in the sense yeah. that you get mad at each other or put each other down. Not at all. Oh, no, we do uh, that, too, because that's what guys do. But they're Well, not, that's uh, true, Bob. But uh, I don't know. In this modern world, I'm not sure if you can or not. I'm retired. i got to be kind of kind of careful what yeah. I do here. With you want to keep Zach Cassia. That's what you're saying. I watch him unless you see something I don't. He adds he can still skate. That's the biggest thing. He can and skate. And he's, he's aggressive. You cannot hit 82 games a year. I agree. But he does enough of it here, enough to step in and do stuff. And uh, last night, he definitely was one of our better forwards. Yeah. Right. And uh, and and Zach, I mean, he's given a good lease on life here, and he's towed his line and to me. But I like him. I right now, he's their fourth best forward. I don't think they can afford to carry. Jerry, I don't mean to no. be rude. I do oh, have a no. full board. Thanks for the call. Okay? No, sounds sounds good, Bob. Thank. Yep, you bet. Let's go to Mark on line number two. Mark, how are you? Yeah, good, Bob. Uh, just hear me out on this here. Uh, so this new GM coming in, there's some, some guys have written that, uh, it, like, we change a GM this year, change a head coach, nothing's changed. Um, they have to clear out other guys. I'm not going to yes. name names. Everybody knows who it is if a yeah. new GM comes in. Now, I don't care what Nicholson said in his uh, speech there about there's no other influence. That, that uh, The two trades I want to mention to you here, the Griffin-Reinhardt trade, that had the other guys handprints all over that move. Yeah, you you know that because you've talked to all these different guys? Well, I'm Mark? just going to say why I think that. Bob Green was his GM when they won. You're when they correct. Won, when they won the Oil Kings there. Green was interviewed after they got him and admitted that he never went and seen him play when he was in the AHL. Yes, for the you know Islanders. who did see him play in the AHL? Peter Shirelli. Look, Mark, here's the deal. I've talked about this on Thursday's show last week. It's my belief that there was a fair amount of influence in the in the 
Uh, a lot of people think, well, Peter Shirelli traded Tyler Sagan. Peter Shirelli was the driver in the Taylor Hall trade. Peter Peter Shirelli signed off on that deal. I believe lots of people had their fingers in the pie on that deal. Okay? Right. In That's terms of Griffin Reinhardt, my initial belief was always like like yours. That, you know, where was Bob Green in this? Oh, Kevin Lowe was on the board. You know what? Subsequently, I found out from guys that were actually uh, in the organization before the deal got made and guys that are no longer working for the club and guys like I, I think Peter had a pretty strong feeling on Griffin Reinhardt. Hey, fair comment by you to suggest Bob Green. What I'm saying is I don't think Peter acted alone on either right. of the two trades, but I do think Peter had he saw Griffin Reinhardt play that year in the American uh, Dwayne Sutter. So how could you not see he can't skate? Did you okay, did you see Griffin Reinhardt play in the Western Hockey League? No, for the Hawkins, yeah, but I didn't see him in the AHL. Okay, when but, you saw him in the Western League, did you think he could play? I think he used his bigger body against small, younger opponents, and he dominated in that respect. You know what, Mark? i got to tell you, and this is this is the thing. There are guys that they, they host shows or they, they write about sports, and they never admit when they're wrong. When yeah. I saw Griffin Reinhardt play in the Western Hockey League, I thought he was going to continue to grow and mature. What killed Griffin Reinhardt was his off-season training. It wasn't that he couldn't skate. He didn't want it bad enough. That's what happened with Griffin Reinhardt. Right. But, you know, the guy went fourth. Everybody had him slugged or slotted in the top that six. That was a poor year, wasn't it? It was, it was a bad draft, and the best yeah. defensemen were all the guys that kind of went six, seven, and eight. Lindholm at six, D- right. uh, Dumba at seven, uh, Pouliot did not pan out at eight. No. He's been moved on to Vancouver. Jacob Trub at ninth. Uh, you, you said one. Was there another one? Because I didn't want to cut you off, but I do have a full board. Right. The other one I wanted to mention was was the um, Manning from Chicago. I know you've said that it didn't make sense. The point I want to make with the Reinhardt and the Manning deals, these aren't revisionist histories. That the Oilers can't seem to get out of their own way. The board, just the fan comments board on the Islanders deal, they couldn't believe that they got that return from the Oilers for Reinhardt, and they said the Chicago deal that was. Bowman's worst signing in the offseason, and they yep. couldn't believe they got out from under that contract. And again, I didn't understand the trade when it happened, especially in lieu of the fact that they had just acquired Petrovich as well. Thanks for the call, Mark. I'm going to jump to Brad on line number four. Brad, how are you? Good, Bob. How are you today? Good. Hey, so I'm just looking through, uh, you know, it looks like Secker's looking pretty good. Yep. And um, I was just looking through, you know, ways the Oilers could either free up space for money or if you look at where the Oilers have what looks like a logjam of defensemen and a major shortage of forward, yes, other teams that would have you know similar terms, similar dollars, who would be useful for the Oilers, who could help that team, right? And I was looking at um, different, just looking through the league of teams that we know are hurt on defense, and looking at Dallas, they play three guys about 28 minutes a night, and three guys about under 15 minutes a night on defense. Andrew Cogliano last night played 12 minutes. He makes $3.25 million for the next two years. Yep. And I just wonder if you would think that would be a trade, Russell, for Cogliano that would help both teams. Uh, well, I like Andrew Cogliano, so full disclosure there. Uh, you know, I was hoping he wouldn't sign with Anaheim, and then Anaheim turned around and traded him, which frankly didn't really surprise me. Uh, regarding Chris Russell... Uh, you know, Chris is honest. He gives you what he's got. I do think defense have a little bit more value than forwards as a rule of thumb. Um, I'd have to, I just want to check. Uh, he's got a no movement clause right now, then a modified no trade. Uh, which right, but th- Dallas is in the playoffs. So if the Oilers are going to miss the playoffs, he probably would consider it. Oh, except he was there before and they didn't sign him. Well, yeah, well, now they only have to play him two 
keep for two years, and they probably, yeah. you know, it's dollar for dollar very soon. Now, they've got a couple injuries on defense, right? Mathot's yeah. out. I'd have to look at, I think Mathot's deal has got another year left. That's it. Uh, and Stephen Johns is up. You know, Brad, that's not a crazy suggestion. And it would give the Oilers a, a guy that's a dedicated penalty killer that can skate. So, And I wonder about Brandon Manning, um, just if there's similarly a team that would have a bad contract, you know, not, I haven't thought of one yet, but something around $2 million where a guy's a healthy scratch regularly yeah, as a forward, a, the, a good fourth-line uh, center, fair, fair, penalty killer, that kind of a thing. Yep, fair comment. Thanks a lot, Brad. Thanks, bye. I want to get uh, Darcy, Chase, and Gordon. Darcy, how you doing? You're up. Darcy, hey, Bob. Hey, hey uh, I just want to talk on the ball last night's power play. Yeah. Um, was it just me, or did it seem like Sam Gagne was, was, too, far, was too low down and too far away from the net? Because watching him at, at the rink, it was like, I, I don't know how he was going to tap one in from where he was standing. Yeah, uh, you, you can make that argument. They should have been closer to the half boards. Uh, and then in terms, he was he was a little, sure, why not? Right. Yep. Well, I, you, I just, now, just so you know, Darcy, do you know where he played on Columbus's power play? He was the middle bumper. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he was the middle bumper in Columbus's. He wasn't on that offside wing blasting one-timers because he can make tight plays in tight because he's got good hands. You wanted to hit on Lucic too? Yeah, I want to hit on Lucic. So the buyout option, I think, is a terrible idea so do because I. it's like eight years. I think we're we're stuck with him for eight years on that cap hit. Yeah, it's why a, not? Could could the Oilers not trade him and retain fifty percent of that salary? Like, might, is there not a team that needs to get to the the salary floor? And that's well, you know what? That's a conversation for down the road. It's. You know, Darcy, I must have 8,000 guys that have either tweeted me or texted me the same. I think most people realize the buyout's a bad one. Good idea. Thanks for the call, Darcy. Okay, yeah. let's go to uh, Gord on uh, line one. Gord, you got about a minute. Go for it. Okay, yeah. I know I was, I was hearing talk about uh, us uh, maybe trying to deal with Philly. Um, it was to get that forward, and I forget his name. Wayne uh, Simmons? Yeah, him. He's yeah, good. thanks, Gord. Uh, yeah, that's not happening at this stage of the game. I don't see. I mean, I just I don't see it. Let's go to Chase on line number six. Chase, how are you? Yeah, hi, Bob. I'll try to be fair, uh, quick here. Um, my biggest concern is next year when we're looking for a coach and, yep. and manager that we wind up putting so much onus on guys that have won cups and been in the leagues for so long, and we get more dinosaurs that aren't up with the current game. I, I hope, especially at coach, that we get somebody young that can relate to the young kids. We're going to need kids out of the farm just as bad as we're going to need, you know, cheap players from other places. And we need somebody that can relate to them, keep them positive and build out of this. All right, Chase, you thanks know? for the call. Uh, you know what? I think you're going to see that. I think that's inevitable in terms of the next head coach. Thank you to everybody that called in right now. We'll tell you that Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 49 years. For menu and locations, visit royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stoffer recommendation, Royal Pizza, Mediterranean Chicken. Uh, we'll go to break for two minutes, and then when we come back, NHL Today, it's a Mark Messier memory on Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. To this day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. Again, they get the trip to Italy in Greece with Dennis Laliberti. He's the president of New West Travel. He'll, you'll have a kicker of a time. 
Might not be sober the whole time, but you'll have a great time. For more information, call New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. Just kidding, Dennis. All right, uh, this day in Oilers history. What do we got here, Brendan Escott? Back in 1990, Bob, Oilers captain Mark Messier registers two assists and picks up his 100th point of the season in a 4-2 win over Vancouver at the Pacific Coliseum. That was the fifth time in Messier's career he reached the 100-point milestone. Uh, you know, he ended up winning the MVP and the Oilers won the Cup that year. And I will tell you that uh, I was working on ITV Sports Night. I was shot listing for Darren Detition while I was in university that year. And um, they the Oilers won like 10 straight games just before Christmas, around Christmas time. They were pretty good. Don Cherry said, I could see this team winning the Cup. Well, they were pretty good, and they did win the Cup. Don Cherry got that one right. Maybe not everybody in Carolina these days agrees, but who cares? All right, uh, tonight on Inside Sports, uh, Reed Wilkins has who? Kelly Rudy, outgoing Eskimos president CEO Len Rhodes, Edmonton Wildcats head coach Darcy Park, and U of A Pandas hockey player Alex Poznikoff. Well, Darcy Park, happy man. The Eskimos, Len uh, Rhodes, uh, they announced their donations to the various... How do, how do the two junior teams each get 250 k but the university only gets 100000 just kidding, Len. Great job there. Tomorrow, Louis DeBrusque and Brian Burke, presented by Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar. Up next, a news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 630 Chat Afternoon News with Jayla Nye and Andrew Gross. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.